This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPNU, the ESPN app, all of our great stations across the country, including ESPN Cleveland, where you heard that highlight there last night of the unfortunate Nick Chubb injury, along with Michelle Smallman and Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. If you missed any of the first couple of hours of our show, you can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast. By the way, I have a protocol question before we dive into Monday Night Football. Two games last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this happened to multiple uh, of us on this show today. Hmm. I just got a text back from someone based on a text message sent on Saturday, and they responded today. Per sources close to me, Nuno and Pat, back in the studios in Bristol, two of our producers, had a six-day gap in between text messages from someone. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? No. What is the proper protocol on this? I'll give you 24 hours. And if you don't respond, we're on to the next one? Yeah, exactly. 24 hours, then whatever it is that we were texting about, that just goes disappears in the ether. Like, there's no reason to respond. Yeah. Smalls? No, see, I'm totally different. I used to be the person that responded right away to everything, and now mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to live my life and get to it when I get to yeah, it. Yeah, because you're big-time people now. No, you it's got, not you got a national ESPN <laughs> morning radio show. You're big-time people now. It's you're hanging out that. with Andy Cohen, <laughs> people that are winning Top Chef. Like that. That's true. She's got some social service, Fashion true. Week, all of this yeah. stuff, her and Chris Carlin. Like, you just got so much going on. Okay, so yeah. only like three of the five things you mentioned have actually happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, what? I haven't hung out with Carlin. <laughs> That's the only He won't return my calls. No, but you know what it is? I don't want to be beholden to technology. I want to take this phone and throw it in a lake. I want a dumb phone. Give give me back the flip phones. I'm sick of everyone having access to each other all the time. There has to be some point in your life where you shut it down and you do things at your own pace. I wish I operated that way, although I do miss the BlackBerry. I loved the oh the BlackBerry where Never it had, had all like, of the, 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 the keyboard yeah. on it yeah where you could just yeah that was great I loved that, that. was great that was a time That's is, a deep is cut, Pat Pat are you back there because I heard Pat Nuno complaining about this Can, what is the I'm outing this so if they don't want this on the air tough because <laughs> it's now going to be on the air was there a six day gap in between text messages is that what you guys were bothered by no it wasn't between us we were talking about uh, Greeny had his little Jets party on the day that Aaron Rodgers got hurt and uh, Bubba who runs the board for their show. Send him a thank you text six days after that. So we were talking about. Oh, you can't do that. That's different. Bubba's great, but the, the thank you text is on the way home that night. Yeah, no, I, no, no. He I stayed at. Remember, like slumber part party. of it, it was a slumber party at Greeny's house, so he stayed there overnight. So and then him, came in, did the show. And yeah, they went into the seaport, did so, the show from New on the York. way home. Yeah, so That's I'm, an easy one. I'm I'm presuming that they did several shows. In between the time that the slumber party happened yeah, and say, the time Bubba you, sent a text message saying thank you. That comes off. Like, if, if I see you a couple of days later and you still haven't thanked me, I'm going to bring that to your front door. Yeah. Like, hey, dog, you don't want to show appreciation for 100%. what I was able to put together for you? 100%. We also talked so about So ungrateful. If I thank you in person when I'm leaving, I'm not then also sending you a thank you text. Wrong. So. What do you Dis- mean? Wrong. Disagree. Wrong. I'm also what? sending a thank you. You have to send a thank you text or email. It's more meaningful. I am a big It's more meaningful than no staring you in your face, shaking your hand, and saying, thanks, this was great. It's an easy one, Pat, to do this, to stare in your face and do the shake. It's when you get home and you realize, you know what? 
That's a great job by Greeny, hosting yeah. us all. It really kind of hit me. I just had a sleepover with Mike. Yeah, Greenberg. you reflect on how good yeah, a time you exactly. had, and then you realize all that went into it in order to put that thing together. If, and so you want to show that level of appreciation. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember the first day, uh, we did a photo shoot a few Fridays ago, the three of us. Yeah. I'm now going to look in the camera and tell you I'm going to pat myself on the back right now. So we hung out for the whole day, the three of us. Yep. We all said, hey, this is great. I made a point to do the thank you text, and I wanted to be first on that. But I think if I didn't do the thank you text, what Pat's saying is, no, no, us saying in a person. No, I think in my head, I may be wrong, but in my head, it meant something to the two of you. Like, oh, he just appreciated that day today. Because yeah. right? we all appreciated that yeah, day. Yeah, because when you slam the credit cards down, you spend time together, and you say, thank you. Okay, that's customary. Right. But then you actually took it to the next level and said, I thinking about it. no, I want to make sure you guys know I appreciate your time. And so I think that's where Bubba dropped the ball on this one. And so, yeah, he's a bad guy for that one. Maybe he's a good teammate. Maybe he's great at being able to produce the show for Greeny. But he's a bad no. guy for not sending the text message the day after to say thank you. It's also so awkward, as you mentioned, CC, that they've been in the same room with one another for multiple days yeah. to then follow up six days later yeah. and address the slumber party. Yeah. Why six well, days later? Well, you know, later? we shouldn't be surprised that Bubba's a bad guy because he is a Dallas Cowboys fan. Mm, you, know, you, know, you know you yeah. played for the Cowboys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, just wanted to make sure <laughs> you're aware. Not, not by choice. But he- <laughs> Drafted there. <laughs> here's, here's, I'm going to make a hypothesis on this. Here's what I'm going to say. What's up? I think the whole crew from the sleepover with Greeny all sent the thank yous. Then Bubba realized, oh, man, I, I never sent the thank you. Mm-hmm. Dominique Foxworth sent the thank you. Damian Woody sends a thank you. Dan Graziano sends a thank you. I think then the Greenberg family, rightfully so, is celebrating the thank you. And they noticed Bubba never sent one. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, all right, well, I got to get in on this. Six days later, does not count. No. Does not count. Simple no. as that. Simple as that. All right, we mentioned that Saquon is hurt. He's out now three games. Uh, last that time, does count. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what counts maybe more here is the fact that Nick Chubb gets hurt, and he is done for the season. A horrible injury Monday Night Football last night, which saw the Saints beat the Panthers 20-17 to in the early game. Pittsburgh beat Cleveland 26-22 in the quote-unquote later game. They're at 8.15 p.m. Eastern, all on the ESPN family of networks. And the story from the night is not the fact that the Saints are 2-0, and although give them credit on that. Three teams, the NFC South 3-0. and The story of the night is that Nick Chubb is done for the season, a horrible injury. The outpouring of love was maybe greater than any athlete I've ever seen. Obviously, this guy has an unbelievable reputation. I don't know him personally. I don't know if you guys have ever met him, but everybody speaks glowingly of him. And now I think the interesting spin on this, and I'm not pushing the Chubb injury to the side. That's not what I'm doing. But I think the interesting spin on this is now the guy that the Cleveland Browns guaranteed more money than anybody at the time in NFL history now has to take the stage as the guy because in a weird way, he kind of wasn't prior to this. It was Nick Chubb's offense that Deshaun Watson was supposed to sprinkle in. No, no, no. Now it's his team, and he better be good. Yeah, he can't hide behind the production that Nick Chubb has given the Cleveland Browns over the last five years. Since 2018, there's only one player that has more rushing yards in the NFL, and that's Derrick Henry. That's how good Nick Chubb is. I mean, there are only five running backs in the history of the NFL that have had eight rushing touchdowns or more in each of their first five seasons. The guys on that list, Adrian Peterson, Jim Brown, Emmitt Smith, LaDainian Tomlinson, and yeah, you guessed it, Nick Chubb. And so now that you don't have that player from a production standpoint, but also one of the captains and a leader in that locker room, Deshaun Watson is going to be thrust into this vacuum of not only fulfilling or offsetting the production that you were getting from Chubb, but also the leadership that you were getting from Chubb. And last night, 
he failed miserably on one of the biggest stages that the NFL regular season has to offer, which is Monday Night Football. I mean, Deshaun Watson had two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Those types of things can't happen from your quarterback. Deshaun Watson also had two of the four turnovers that the Cleveland Browns had, both of which resulted in touchdowns for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just don't understand how the quarterback, who's supposed to be the stabilizing force for your team, ends up having a temperament that costs your team an opportunity to win a game against a, another a division rival that's inferior from a talent standpoint. Like, to me, that was all about the Cleveland Browns losing that game. Credit where credit is due for the Pittsburgh Steelers taking advantage of the miscues. But to me, that was more of an indictment on the quarterback Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns giving away a game. I don't know if the pendulum has swung more severely for me on the way I feel about a team more than the Cleveland Browns from week one to two. Because after week one, what were we saying? This defense is legit. Yeah, They are going to be a problem. Deshaun Watson looks like he's improving. They have a lot of weapons. Nick Chubb, we know what he can give from a production and a leadership standpoint. Now, after last night, I don't have any confidence in this Browns team. I will say this. Let's separate the offense and the defense. Yes, okay. The defense for the Browns was legit last they, night. They were. They I were. mean, outside of the big play to George Pickens, that catch and run, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense did nothing. Right. They did nothing. Their defense was their offense, too. Yeah, they I were mean, right. so I'll give Miles Garrett and company credit, and they were flying around. They played pretty decent ball. They did, they did well enough to win a football game. Think about it. The defense for the Steelers gave them 14 points. I mean, you take that away, you're talking about the this, this, the Browns defense allowing 12 points. I mean, you can live with that. And so, and that's, I, by I th- the way, to start and finish the game, that, no less. That, but, that's, but that's my point, though. Like, that's why I got to put a lot of the onus on the offense. And if we're talking about the offense being to the detriment of the team's overall success, we have to point to the quarterback. When are the Cleveland Browns going to get the return on investment from Deshaun Watson that they're looking for? We understood why they didn't get it last year. The guy had a year and a half layoff. He was shaking off the rust. I understand it. Thrust into the middle of the regular season. There ain't no excuse for him this year. And there's no excuse for some of the things that he did in the game. Again, the turnovers were bad, but then also the penalties, the unnecessary roughness, the personal fouls. That can't happen. That, that sets the tone for the team. Last night, the Browns had nine total penalties, eight accepted for 81 yards, including three personal fouls. How is that okay? Like, I guess we have to look at Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, but I'm looking at Deshaun Watson as the leader. The quarterback position is a leadership position by nature, and Deshaun Watson set the tone last night in a bad way. Absolutely, and that's why my confidence has dissipated in the Browns. There's just some organizations where you have to prove it to me over and over and over again before yeah, yeah. I'll and ever Gold give you the benefit of the doubt. We had Goldhammer yes. on yesterday. He said it best. The Cleveland Browns fans or players or people in the organization – they're not used to prosperity. No, they can't and have they nice showed things. it last night. They can't have nice things. And that's why my <laughs> confidence has dissipated because that was a horrific injury from your leader, from the best player on your offense last night. What should have been a galvanizing moment and a huge opportunity for Deshaun Watson to step up and exert himself as the guy that's worthy of the money and the responsibility that the Cleveland Browns gave him. He did anything but from a a decision-making standpoint, from an execution standpoint last night, he did not give me enough at all for me to feel confident that he's going to be the X factor in this offense and this team moving forward. Yeah, they needed a way at some point to determine whether or not Deshaun Watson could still be that guy. I don't think they actually ever would have had that determination 
if Nick Chubb was there. And I'm not suggesting this is a good thing in any way, shape, or form, because it's not. But they have to know whether or not this guy can be a franchise quarterback. And I think they're going to know now more than they would have known if he was healthy. Now, obviously, they have to go out there and potentially get another running back. There's a lot available. Kareem Hunt was there with them for the last few years. He's available. Leonard Fournette is there. Jerome Ford looked pretty damn good last night. He did look good. Jerome Ford looked pretty damn good. Big run, touchdown run, the whole deal. So he was very good. But I think this is going to be a very interesting thing. And the test, at some point... Watson needed to be tested, and I'm not sure that he was going to be if Chubb was there, that I think the Browns are going to find out the answers to that test over the next 10, 12 games of the season. But if they're wrong and they bet on him incorrectly, they're screwed. Well, this is why you give a guy $230 million guaranteed, to be able to step up when your team is dealing with this type of adversity, when you lose that type of production in your running game. So I, I'm looking at Deshaun Watson now, and maybe Kevin Stefanski morphs the offense into a, a scheme that's more familiar for Deshaun in terms of what we've seen from him at Houston, what we saw from him at Clemson, and more of a spread offense as opposed to the quarterback being under center. I, 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 would, I would think that it would move in that direction, but it remains to be seen. But the one thing that we, we got to absolutely see is Deshaun Watson step up and be the reason why his team wins football games as opposed to the reason why his team is on the losing side of ball games, especially ones like last night. I'll tell you what, if I was going to pay somebody that much money, I better be pretty sure he's going to ace the test. Uh, yeah, well, you're not <laughs> sure right now. <laughs> I, I, I just got a note, ESPN Cleveland in the afternoon, the next level with Emmett Golden and Gerard Cherry. Gerard, who's a three-time Super Bowl champ with the Pats, just sent a note. He said, are we still the same old Browns? And I think that that's oh. really, unfortunately, where they go last night. But coming up, who is the best 2-0 team in the NFL? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, all the great ESPN stations across the country, ESPNU and the ESPN app. One of those 2-0 and teams that we're going to discuss, the Saints beat Carolina last night 20-17. Great broadcast, Chris Fowler, Lewis Riddick, Laura Rutledge, and Dan Orlovsky. Now, Dan Orlovsky, who i I got to be honest, my... New start here at ESPN. I don't know Dan. Um, I think he's phenomenal on yeah. the air. Dan got roasted on Twitter yesterday. And mm. did you see why Dan got roasted on Twitter? I did not. Okay. So Dan put out a video on his Twitter at Dan Orlovsky 7. All right. This is before the Monday night game, and he was just analyzing the Cowboys. And he's wearing a backwards hat, and the backwards hat was, like, pretty tight in his head. And Marty Fish, former tennis player, responded, bro, how small is your head? To which then Patrick Mahomes does the crying smiley face because the backwards hat, like, you know when you wear a backwards hat, like if you have it kind of buckled or whatever that word, like the thing is? Yeah. 
it's not all the way where the strap is coming out the other side. Yeah. Dan's is really tight. And Marty Fish and Patrick Mahomes go, went in on Dan Orlovsky <laughs> on having a small head with a backwards hat. And then he does the Monday Night Football game last night. Yeah. Fascinating entrance into oh, that. Oh, man. So Patrick Mahomes was on a roll yesterday, Patrick right? Mahomes. He got paid more money. Yes. And he finds time to troll Dan Orlovsky in the middle of game planning for week three. Correct. Love it. Correct. Okay, Love it. but to be fair, I avoid Twitter slash X. As much as I can. It's uh-huh. not a great place for me. Uh, I've just pulled up this video, and the hair is coming through very dramatically on the backwards hat. He deserves to be roasted for this a little bit. Really? Have you, I mean, I'm By looking. the greatest quarterback in the league needs no, I to love roast it, somebody for the backwards hat? I love it. I love it. There's no, there's no bad publicity, right? That's true. If that's you got true. Pat Mahomes talking Smart, about you, then it's like, not hey, a bad I'll place See, I'm Monday Night Football where yeah. I won't be wearing a backwards hat. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. So, uh, 2-0 teams right now. The best 2-0 team, I think we have to look at and say it's the Niners or yeah. do we? No, it's the Niners. They're the best 2-0 team. I mean, in terms of their offensive points per game, they're right up there with the Miami Dolphins, tops in the NFL. And when you look at what this team has done on defense – their ability to rush the passer, their ability to have impact players, all pro players on all three levels. When you think about Nikki Bosa, Fred Warner, and then Hafunga, the safety, like they're a complete team. I mean, think about this. Christian McCaffrey is averaging 150 yards from scrimmage in, through the first two games. Debo Samuel has got over 100 yards receiving. Brandon Ayuk has got over 100 yards receiving. George Kittle, we know what he can do once he gets in on the act. You've got the best fullback in football in Kyle Juszczyk. And the offensive line hasn't been as much of a detriment as we thought thought it could be with the departure of Mike McGlinchey he left in free agency so I like what this 49ers team has done I mean they were sound in their victories over the Pittsburgh Steelers in the LA Rams and so I'm looking at this as the most complete team in football I just think top to bottom they have the most talent they're right there but I have to say and I can't believe I'm saying this I think the best 2-0 team is the Dallas Cowboys that defense is outstanding it's Probably the best defense in the NFL. Dak has been super efficient. No turnovers. They have explosive playmakers. I don't know. I I thought they'd be a playoff team. I didn't think they'd be this good through two weeks. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I'm I'm not mad at that. I just look at the the big picture of the Niners last year, and I think and shame on me. I didn't have this mindset going into the season. I didn't go to the place going into the season of, wait a minute, this team won 10 straight in the regular season to close out the regular season a year ago. Brock Purdy has literally never lost a game as a starting quarterback. Now, there's a lot of analytics people that would look at it and say, don't bring up QB win-loss. I'm sorry. I bring up QB win-loss because to me that means that's not a 100% credit. That means you put a team in a position to win most games that you're in if your win-loss record is pretty good. Yeah. And people hate that stat, CC. I'm sorry. The fact that the Niners are undefeated means he's not losing the game. And I think that's where your job starts as a quarterback. Don't lose the game. You have to graduate to winning the game. Your first job is don't lose it. And last year, Brock Purdy never lost a game. He's never lost a game this year. He gets hurt in the postseason last year. I'm not saying he's Joe Montana. What I'm saying is he does enough in Kyle Shanahan's system to make sure that they win games. Yeah, but here's the thing about Brock Purdy. Since he's become the starter, he's been great against the Blitz, and he's great on third downs. Those are areas of quarterback play that are important, especially when the games start to matter the most once we get in the postseason. The reason why I can't fully buy in on the Dallas Cowboys just yet is because this is a team that leads the league in sack differential. They lead the league in turnover margin. And I can't help but wonder, at what point, when the turnover luck runs out, does this offense – 
step up and can Dak Prescott make the requisite plays that it takes in order to win them a football game? At some point, your quarterback is going to have to make some throws. Dak hasn't been put in that situation through the first two weeks. He's been playing against the JV and the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens once the competition stiffens. And so that's what I'm kind of waiting on before I judge what the Dallas Cowboys can or cannot be. I look at the L.A. Rams and I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that was stiffer competition for the San Francisco 49ers than what the Cowboys have had to deal with, and quite frankly, what the Philadelphia Eagles have had to deal with early going in the season. So to me, San Francisco is by far, well, not by far, but San Francisco in my mind is soundly the best team in the National Football League. Yeah, I think you're onto something. By the way, I didn't ask a follow-up on one thing. Are you a backwards hat guy? No. You wouldn't even wear one. I'm not a hat guy in general. Not a not a baseball hat guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll wear. What like does that a, mean? You're a fedora guy. Uh, uh, I'll wear a nice brim, a nice hat, like a fedora, a nice, okay, you know, okay. nice real brim. Like a maybe, Cam Newton maybe kind a, of hat. Maybe a paper boy too. Yeah, oh, the Cam a Newton hat. Yeah. I'll throw something like that on, but I'm not. I'm not wearing a baseball cap. And if you're Arlovsky, do you wear a backwards hat ever again after? Your I, think, I think if you're Arlovsky, you stay away from the hats, bro. <laughs> I you just, gotta stay away. Yeah, just stay away from the hats, man. But Mahomes man. is tweeting Dan, about Dan you. stay away from the hats. See, you know what though? Dan does this. I think he does it for shock value. Like some of his horrific food takes, like putting ketchup with macaroni and cheese. Oh. It's absolutely oh. ridiculous. But he does that for shock value because he wants us to be talking about him. That's 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 Dan Loki. So the back Dan is a look at me guy. Ever since he stepped out of the back of the end zone with the safety <laughs> running away from Jared Allen, he's always been a look at me guy, and he's keeping that thing going now. So you're telling me the backwards hat is the fashion version of the food takes? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And both equally as bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If you get Mahomes tweeting about you, I think you got to continue. But to it's, do he's it. tweeting about it because it's bad, though, not because it's good. Mahomes, by the way, who's going to join us? When, where, and how? I'm not sure. But at some point, Patrick Mahomes will be on this show. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes for getting what a fifty million dollar raise over the next four years. Underpaid. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he went from making 160 million dollars to 210 million dollars over the next four years. And if anyone from the Kansas City Chiefs is listening, we think Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. Yes, we've been challenged. We've been told he will never be on our show. Not by the Chiefs and not by Mahomes. Bring him on. We'd love to have him. We'd celebrate him all day. We'd have yeah. we'd talk ketchup with him the entire time. Yeah, we got to get him a homeboy on the show. It's got to happen. Let's we're go. We, we, Chiefs. Yeah. Anybody in and around the we're, Chiefs. We're campaigning Mahomes. for my homeboy to come on, on Sportsmanlike. Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. Two minutes. There we one, go. A one-question interview. That's there we all we go. Need. That's all we need. Check mark. We got him on. <laughs> Coming up, one of Joe Burrow's teammates made his feelings known once again about Q, his QB's injuries. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPNU. And, of course, the ESPN app and all of our great stations across the country, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Uh, Joe Burrow banged up. His wide receiver, his star wide receiver, Jamar Chase, had some interesting comments, but I did want to shout out something for Smalls, which makes me miserable. What? Um, well, that is that your favorite team, uh-huh. St. Louis Cardinals, and one of your favorite players ever, Adam Wainwright, had a big win last night for the Cardinals over the Brewers, his 200th career win, right? Yes. Okay. Adam Wainwright, for me, is an athlete that I still hold a grudge against. Mm. Everyone's got that athlete, and it's nothing personal. It's just, why do you have to be that good? That does, that, I don't like that. I'm a Mets fan. 2006, he strikes out Carlos Beltran to end the NLCS. Mm-hmm. And so Smalls is on there last night, M. Smallman on social, celebrating her guy yep. on her team, mm-hmm. which makes me cry. Because I still hold a grudge against Adam Wainwright for ruining my World Series chances. That might be the single best pitch I've ever witnessed as a fan. Yeah, wonderful. Mm, mm, just mm, great mm, smalls. Mm, mm, mm. Just She's rubbing great. it in a little just bit. Saying. Rubbing it in. Do you have an athlete you hold a, I mean, yours is maybe more personal, obviously, because you played against yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, it's Tom Brady. You Tom Brady. Like, I, I hate that Even Tom Brady was that good. Him, yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom Brady. Him. I hold a grudge against him. I mean, it's it goes back to the 2014 divisional round game. Baltimore Ravens visiting Foxborough, and they come up with this ineligible, eligible receiver oh. scheme, and they do it through the no-huddle offense, and before we knew it, a 14-point lead became a tied ball game. Twice. Twice. <laughs> it was absolutely disgusting. You don't like that I remember no, that. No, I hate, I hate <laughs> that I just you, I hate, I hate that like you remembered it. it. Twice. Like, they came, and that's the thing. It's like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were so great at being able to skirt the rules. They actually came up with the rule against it the very next offseason, but it wasn't in time to save our season because we would have whipped we would have kicked your tails. But you complained. Uh, it was totally legal. We didn't. Well, yeah, it was totally legal oh, wait, at there the goes time. Down because the field again. nobody knew to actually do it. It was, so it, was le- it was legal. There was no rule against it. It was just one of those things that was innovative and it was around the curve. But it, it just reminds you of how good Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were. And that's why I can't stand Tom Brady to this day. Wait, one other quick thing on that. I'm pretty sure it was Lane Kiffin when he was a coordinator at Alabama did it. And the Pats saw him do it. They put it in and they never used it until they, they never used it. it was, there was but the no fact that you needed that it, existed. the fact that you needed it yeah, was evidence was that better. we would have kicked your you-know-what. But you didn't. And you blew two 14-point leads. This is why I feel good about being a part of the Giants when I you kick their ass. This is it. why I feel good about it. Is the there any glad, hurt, this is why I feel good about having Tom Coughlin on the show today. I understand. To remind Evan of those moments because he wants to bring that up. The Patriots hurt me too. I get it. Yeah. Spygate. No, nah, that never happened. Well, you shouldn't feel bad for your team because your team abandoned you, though. Yeah, but maybe if they had won another Super Bowl and gone on a dynastic run with the greatest show on turf, that's not even part of the conversation. 
Yeah, I, I, I want to be know. clear. You took it away from Adam Wainwright. I was trying to give no, your guy the no, praise. No, you did because you asked him who he hates. Okay. I would love to talk about Adam Wainwright. Go Wayne ahead. For We're going to get to this Wrangles thing in a second, but go ahead. Give me 60 seconds on this because it's very important. There are some people that mean so much to an organization and a city that it's hard to quantify it. Adam Wainwright is that person for the St. Louis Cardinals. And for a guy who has played for the Cardinals his entire career, been such a pillar for their continued run of success. This year with standing, because it's been bad this year. And in a game where numbers matter so much, for him to be able to close out his career, having that beautiful round 200 Mm. next to his name is so important. And I was so emotionally invested in this because Adam Wainwright has been everything you could ever want in a St. Louis Cardinal. He's the perfect representative of the birds on the bat. And it's been a rough season for him. He came back uh to hopefully go for it with the Cardinals. They had a bad season. So for him to be able to get this was so special. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I know it's a fringe conversation. We don't have time to get into that. It's, like I said, so many things with him that make him a Hall of Famer in my mind can't be quantified. But here's all you need to know about Adam Wainwright and his greatness. This is from Derek Gould, who covers the Cardinals from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch Outstanding Writer. The Cardinals are one of the greatest franchises in all of sports, historically, if you're talking about success. Mm-hmm. The comprehensive list of pitchers with 200 wins who have only played for the Cardinals, it's Bob Gibson, Bob Gibson and it's Adam Wainwright. Wow. Bob Gibson and couple. Adam Wainwright. Just wonderful. That's, yeah, that's I love celebrating We love you, Adam Uncle Wayne. Charlie. Congratulations. Oh, God, it's good makes couple. me miserable. Oh, not Wayne. Well, yeah. 888-SAY-ESPN, <laughs> 888-729-3776. The athlete that you hold that long-term grudge against, nothing personal, but that it's out there like it, I do against. Tom Brady's got to be at the top well, of the list. Well, you're an, you're an, a, Tom, you're an Tom, athlete. No, but for, for, for everyone, everyone, for I mean, even we'll sports fans, Tom Brady has to be the guy. We'll hear from people Yeah, he has to be the guy. Uh, you can tweet at Unsports ESPN as I'm holding the grudge against Smalls' favorite player, Wayne Wright, for striking out Carlos Beltran. Now, uh, you hope if you're a Bengals fan, Jamar Chase doesn't hold the grudge against your organization. Remember in the preseason, he's like, Joe Burrow shouldn't play, shouldn't play, shouldn't play. And we're like, what? why is he saying this? Well, yesterday he doubled and tripled down on that take after the calf injury for Burrow. You'd understand if it was like, hey, shut Joe down for a couple weeks to make sure he's 100% on the I other wish end. He did that from jump. You know, but yeah, I mean, live and learn. Yeah, I don't know what's happening here with this because Jamar Chase has been very vocal, very vocal about him not playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it tells me that he never should have played in the first place. Well, he probably shouldn't have, but Joe Burrow just getting $275 million and 219 guaranteed, he's, he's going to want to go out there and show why the organization compensated him such. Now, I don't think he needed to do that, but Joe Burrow's a competitor. Players want to play, but sometimes organizations – are in the unenviable position of having to protect the player from themselves. And that's all that Jamar Chase is speaking to. And Jamar Chase understands it's different going into what amounts to a contract year for him with Joe Burrow throwing you passes versus Jake Browning throwing you passes. And for people that don't know who Jake Browning is, is that's that's the backup quarterback (laughs) for the Cincinnati Bengals. So if you're Jamar Chase and you're seeing wide receivers getting paid $25, $30 million a year, you want Joe Burrow throwing you passes so you can get that kind of bag. It's going to be harder for Jamar Chase to get paid coming off of a season where the team underachieves based on the expectations we have for him. If this team misses the playoffs, the organization is not going to be feeling charitable to the point where they want to pay Jamar Chase a record-setting deal following paying Joe Burrow on a record-setting deal. So I understand why Jamar Chase got beef with the Bengals organization for letting Joe Burrow play because now you don't know when you're going to get Joe back and you don't know the version of him that's coming back when, in fact, he is in the lineup again. Yeah, and if you're Joe Burrow, you're looking at it like – 
I, I can handle it. I might not be 100%, but I can go out there. You're looking at two division opponents to start the season. And you know if you lose those two games, which they did, it's going to be a difficult hole to climb out of. We look at Patrick Mahomes last season, who was able to do it on one and a half legs. And I think a lot of, I mean, CeCe, you know better than anybody. A lot of players think, I can tough it out. I'll be able to get the production there, even if I don't feel 100%, even if I don't feel 50%. And I can understand why Jamar Chase was taking the macro view rather than the micro view, saying if he He's going to be in and out. It's not going to work for us. Yeah, toughening it out with a sprained ankle is different than toughening it out with a sprained calf or a strained calf because that calf injury is tricky. I told you guys a story about when I had my calf injury. Got hurt in week two of the regular season. Wasn't back and wasn't right until week 11 of the regular season. So that's how long those things can take. So Joe Burrow is never going to fully be healthy. And the fact that it's on his right leg, which is his drive leg, it presents even more of a problem in terms of him being able to deliver the football. Joe Burrow on throws of 15 yards or more downfield is 0 for 11 this season. The only completion that he's had is to Geno Stone. The only problem is Geno Stone plays for the Baltimore Ravens. That's a that's an issue. Now, on those throws of 15 yards or more over the last two years, 2021, 2022, Joe Burrow has a 51% completion percentage, 2,900 yards, 27 touchdowns to nine interceptions in a QBR of 94 So that's where he's made his living. The Cincinnati Bengals have made their identity uh, in the offensive offensive side of the ball in the vertical passing game. If Joe Burrow is not capable of pushing the ball down the field, this team is not going to have the success that we've seen them have in the last couple of years, which is why I'm picking them to miss the playoffs this year. You know, our show is only, what, two and a half weeks old? So I think it's important to, to admit what we said prior to that as it relates to this. I got to own something. I absolutely, when Jamar Chase was drafted by the Bengals, said that I thought they should have drafted Panay Sewell. I did too. And when you have comments like this, where this guy, a college teammate of Joe Burrow, continuously backs his quarterback the way he does, I got to own in a big way. It was obvious previously. I was so wrong about that because this guy is ride or die for his quarterback. And the way in which he's out there defending his quarterback and caring about the health of his quarterback, I was wrong two years ago. I'm still wrong, and I had to point that out. And here's the thing I also say about Jamar Chase. When he's healthy and when Joe Burrow is healthy – I mean, it's it's the best Lethal. wide receiver quarterback combination in the league. Like Jamar Chase, I know we 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 talk about a lot of other receivers. We talk about Tyreek Hill. We talk about Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase, when he's healthy, when he was right, his rookie. I mean, you can make the argument he's the best receiver in football. Yeah, that's how good and, Jamar and I Chase. I didn't is. think they should draft him. Yeah, but but here's my point though. That's why he's frustrated with the situation in Cincinnati now because you don't know when Joe Burrow is going to come back. Even Zach Taylor is alluding to it. So there's got to be cause for concern. And Cincy, we talked about teams that are 0-2 that we need to be sounding an alarm for. We're getting to the point now with the Bengals where we better break glass in case of emergency. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 if you want to weigh in on the Bengals, but also the player in sports you continuously hold the grudge against. As Smalls is celebrating Adam Wainwright today, his 200th win, I'm still holding a grudge from 2006, and CC's still holding a grudge from a game that Tom Brady played, not in the Super Bowl, against his team. In 2014, Patriots-Ravens, where his Ravens blew not one, but two 14-point leads. Coming up... Your calls, plus Kenny's power <laughs> rankings, next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful 
for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I think I just vomited oh out my that God. singing. Did I set off an alarm? Oh, my God. Schefter and McAfee what was, style. What was that? <laughs> Smalls, what was that? It sounded like he has food poisoning. Right. <laughs> What? You got something stuck in your throat? You, I'm going to tell the you what that was. Here, the disrespect towards Rihanna. The disrespect towards Rihanna. Here's the problem. <laughs> I'm so NBA trade obsessed <laughs> that CC and our break threw out hypothetical trades, and I'm so, like, in that that I just vomited on the air. Well, so the only happened. reason I'm throwing out <laughs> hypothetical <laughs> trades is because I'm trying to hurt our producer, Pat, as much as I possibly can <laughs> because, of, because of him allowing you to focus Something on Albert. the divisional round loss that my Ravens suffered at the hands of your New England Patriots. Somehow. He was making, fa- he was making fun of my sports pain, and I don't appreciate it, Ooh. so I want him to hurt. Like, as far as sports fandom goes, I wish all the bad things in life happened to Pat and nobody else. Which is funny because they're all happening to New York teams, so... Yeah, but I don't I, I don't root for a lot of New York teams. The only New York team I root for is the well, that's not true. I root for the Yankees too. Damn. I just want to point out what <laughs> just happened here. It's going, it. it's going great for them. Damn let's, it. let's connect the dots if we could here on Unsportsman, like Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. Here the connecting the dots. Smallman praises Wainwright. Yeah. Adam Wainwright, two hundredth win. I say I hold a grudge against Wainwright for 06 against the Mets, NLCS. CeCe then he holds a grudge against Brady because of the game against the Ravens. He then tells Pat how much he hopes that everything fails in Philly's world, including Joel Embiid getting traded. Yes. I then am obsessed with trade rumors, so I vomit on the air. Okay, we're here on Unsportsmanlike on that, ESPN That's Radio, happening right now. Presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to get your phone calls At in. 849, 17, <laughs> 18, 19. There you go. Yeah. Um, we're going to get your power rankings, and then we're going to get your calls in on the sports grudge. A reminder, the sour ranking, Smalls, your top two sour candies here. Uh, checking in at number two, we have sour Skittles. They do come in the green bag. So underrated. Okay. Go with the sour Skittles, number two. Number one, the goat. It has to be the Sour Patch Watermelon Candies. I think that is a major upset at number one. You can tweet in at on Sports ESPN, your sour uh, candy rankings as part of our sour and now power rankings. All right. So checking in at number five in the power rankings for week three, we got 
The Kansas City Chiefs, what's understood ain't got to be said. It's Andy Reid. It's Pat Mahomes. They had the home loss to open the season to the Lions, but that wasn't the Chiefs because they didn't have Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones, two of their three best players. And so they went on the road, got an impressive win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that we think is going to be in the conference championship game. I'm a little bit concerned about their production from the wide receiver position, but with all of those young players, I'm pretty sure that with more reps as the season goes on, they'll get better. They'll fill the role. Keeping it pushing. Number four. The Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles for, I guess, as lackluster as their first two wins have been, this is still a team that's really strong in the trenches. They're second in rush offense. They're tops in rush defense. They're second in takeaways. The biggest concern that I have for the Eagles is – the, the the secondary, the defensive secondary hasn't been all that great. They're the 31st-ranked pass defense, so they've got to improve in that area. Now, adding James Bradbury and adding Reed Blankenship, two guys that are hurt, will go a long ways into fixing that. But the, the pass defense has got to get better with Philly. Also, keep an eye on the two new coordinators, their play calling on both sides of the ball. I think all of the guys on those units are adjusting to it. Next! Number three. The Dallas Cowboys. Now, they lead the league in point differential. They lead the league in sack differential. And they lead the league in turnover margin. That's going to win a lot of games. Now, Mike McCarthy showed me something with scheming up the X's and O's on the offensive end and creating opportunities against a pretty good Jets defense on this past Sunday's game. Now, this is going to be a squad that's led by their defense, but I'm still waiting to see when they're in a game where Dak Prescott has got to make some throws, can that dude execute? That's the only question that's outstanding for the Dallas Cowboys right now. That's why they're third. Check it in at number two. Number two. We got the Miami Dolphins, the most explosive offense in the National Football League. They lead the league in yards per play. And, of course, it's all about Tua playing at an MVP level. There's a reason why Tua is tied for the shortest MVP odds in the National Football League with Pat Mahomes. The dude has just been that good, the way that he's seeing it, but also what Mike McDaniels is doing in terms of positioning those players, the expand motion, some of the innovative things that we've seen through the first two weeks. Wouldn't be surprised if we see more offenses try to copycat what the Dolphins are doing from a scheme standpoint, but what they can't replicate is the Dolphins' team speed. Number one. It's got to be the San Francisco 49ers, the most complete team in the National Football League. Really impressed with both their wins uh, in the early going of the regular season. They dismantled the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they handed Mike Tomlin the most one-sided opening season, uh, uh, regular season opener loss in the 16-year tenure of him being the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a team that has a lot of players that, that are all-star players, pro bowlers, all pros. They've got all pro players on every single level of the defense when you consider Nikki Bosa, Fred Warner, and Hafunga the safety. And then offensively, they got Debo Samuel, they got Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey is averaging 150 yards from scrimmage per game, and Brock Purdy has been steady throughout all of it. A lot of people had questions about what version of Brock Purdy would show up off of the UCL. I think he's answered those questions. All I have in my head now is Purdy. Turn it on, you know, like instead of steady. I think yeah. it kind of works, no? Yeah, that's really good. That's not bad. And we begin to rock. <laughs> Purdy, Purdy rocking all night long. And we be rapping rock. Purdy, Purdy rocking all night long. Is that an alarm? Benjamin in South Carolina watching on ESPNU. Who are you holding a grudge against? Probably us after singing. No, I, I want to echo what Canty said. As a Ravens fan, it's got to be Tom Brady. The guy cheated, tuck rule, the flake gate, 
Spygate, illegal formation, mm-hmm. kicking Edry. All right, nice talking players, to you. So. <laughs> See ya. Uh, um, but- yeah, no, I I get it. Like Tom Brady's going to be now an answer for a lot of people because of of Canty on this one. Uh, Alex in uh, South Dakota, listening on AM one thousand. What's up, Alex? Uh, hey, thanks for taking my call. Love the show. And I hold a grudge against Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning. 2008-2012, they beat my Packers, and we were going to win the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay, I didn't see the Packers version of that coming. Yeah, Yeah. I get get the hate, but let's be clear about one thing. The divisional round in 2011, that game wasn't close. I mean, the final score was 37-20, to and it wasn't close. Now, they were 15-1, and and they were supposed to be all-world with Aaron Rodgers, and we went in there and beat the brakes off of that team. Like, they had no shot in that game. It wasn't like the situation in 2014 with my Ravens going up to Foxborough. That was actually a close game. The game in Lambeau Field in 2011, Giants-Packers, was not a close game. Yeah, but I can understand that because you have a Hall of Fame quarterback and you lose a game and it's in you know Lambeau or at Lambeau. I can understand the grudge there. And if you missed any of our conversation, by the way, with Tom Coughlin, he was on with us earlier, you could go back on the ESPN app later and listen to the podcast in hour number two of the show. And yeah, talking about holding grudges off of me holding the grudge against Smalls' favorite baseball player right now and Adam Wainwright winning his 200th game for the St. Louis Cardinals. All right, Eagles and Chiefs were in the Super Bowl last year, as we know. Eagles are 2-0. and Chiefs are 1-1. and But are you buying either one of them, the Eagles and the Chiefs? Are they both favorites? Are either of them favorites to get back to the Super Bowl plus a gruesome injury with the Browns? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.